Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Now, diversified professional services and investment management company Colliers has recently released its Asia-Pacific market snapshot for quarter three of this year. That's right, and it shows that most major real estate markets across the region continue to perform well in the third quarter. That's despite the loss of some growth momentum in the face of difficult macroeconomic conditions marked by high inflation and rising interest rates. John Howald joins us. He is Executive Director and Head of International Capital, Capital Markets and Investment Services, APAC at Colliers, to tell us more. Hi, John. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. Hi, Bharati. Hi, Timothy. Thank you very much for having me today. Nice to meet you. Okay, so John, you guys looked at various markets. We're talking about places like Australia, Hong Kong, China, and of course, Singapore, India as well. Don't forget Japan. Which ones stood out for you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think we were expecting a pretty significant slowdown in the markets across APAC, given the interest rate environment. But Asia has somehow defied some of the gravity in other parts of the, the world with you know quite a lot of activity in markets like Korea, Japan, and even Singapore held its own quite well. We do expect that you know some of the investors will start to pull back in other markets and focus on Asia-PAC even more so going forward. What do you attribute that to? Why is Asia standing out? I think Asia stands out just from a long-term growth perspective. They just they look at their allocations across the world to the European and North American markets, and most of the pension funds, sovereign wealth funds of the world have been invested in those markets for a very long time, and Asia-PAC is actually where they see the, the, the brightest future and, and most opportunity going forward. Moving away from abstractions to specifics, which are the markets that should be at the top of one's list if one is looking to make the most? Yeah, no question at the moment. The you know, sites have, have very much turned to Japan, just given its divergent monetary policy with the rest of the world. It's really the only major economy that really has not changed interest rate policy in the last 12 months. Here's the thing, though. We have been talking about the property market in China, and they're facing a slump. There are a lot of issues. Of course, analysts are saying that certain significant steps recently might reverse all of this. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, I think investors in China that are that are committed to the Chinese market for the the long haul, I think, you know, are still going to be very focused on long-term opportunities in China. However, there is a bit of a, a wait and see for foreign investors at the moment. I think there is a general caution in the air. John Howell, executive director and head of international capital, joining us here from Collier's. John, zooming in into the Singapore market, what's your outlook? Yeah, Singapore has, you know, a tremendous amount of capital that wants to get in the door. You know, it is considered a smaller market just in terms of number of deal size, number of deals out there. But there really is an incredible amount of capital trying to get into office and industrial and and even residential projects in Singapore. So it is a place that will continue to thrive. However, we do have a bit of an interest rate situation in Singapore as well right now. And therefore, some of the buyers that we have seen that are active tend to be those cash buyer family offices or very well capitalized corporates. Now, as a person decides which specific sectors to go into, whether it's residential or commercial and office, what exactly should they be looking at? What markers should they be looking at at a time like this where there are economic headwinds to consider as well? 
Yeah, I think I think it's good to be focused on the the long term. When there's, you know, right now we're in a short term interest rate change. Things have changed dramatically over the last 12 months, but most investors are taking a view that 12 to 24 months from now we're in a lower interest rate environment again, and the yield curve sort of reflects that. And so that is sort of a short-term phenomena in the real estate market. So what I would I would recommend is to look at those longer lease-termed assets, such as industrial data centers, some of the, the office buildings that may be leased to a single company for a long time. They will have less impact from a short-term interest rate uh, cycle. So are you more optimistic for the rest of the Asia-Pacific then for opportunities? What's your long-term outlook? Oh, Asia-Pacific, I mean, absolutely bullish on the region from a long-term perspective. You know, what's going on right now, I would view it as a short to medium-term issue that will create some pricing dislocations in some markets, but that will also create tremendous opportunity for those that do commit to the long-term view. Let's talk about the pricing dislocations that you mentioned. What is the magnitude that you're expecting in that regard? Yeah, look, our colleagues across the regions in North America and Europe, they're projecting significant um, in, in decreases in certain specific markets. In Europe, I've heard numbers as large as 25 to 30 percent in some particular markets. We don't see that in Asia Pacific to that degree. There's just a lot more capital that's chasing to get in, which will ultimately put a lower, I guess, dislocation of that price point between buyer and seller. So I would say, you know, some markets, 5 to 10% is a possible pullback. Um, and other markets such as Japan are, are still transacting at, at record high pricing. So it really does matter market, uh, market by market. Mm, yeah, you did mention Japan. It, by the way, in case you missed it, witnessed the sale of an office building in Tokyo for a record high price of over 2.86 billion US dollars, right? And of course, low rates, relaxation of border restrictions, all of this expected to benefit real estate transactions. The thing is, John, I think a lot of people were saying just before businesses opened up that perhaps there will be less of a value for office space moving forward because people would have gotten used to working remotely or hybrid work arrangements. How come we're not seeing that pan out? I think, again, you have to look at you know the dynamics of the Asia-Pacific workplaces in the major cities such as Tokyo or, or Shanghai or Singapore. You know, people just don't have the same amount of space at home that maybe some of those Western countries do have that luxury to have space to work at home. So, therefore, there is also just, just a desire to get back into the office and have a separated space from family to work again. So, I think part of that, along with cultural norms of kind of being into an office culture are driving a pushback into the office, more so in Asia Pacific. So, John, we're now looking at global inflationary trends. We are expecting a recession, deterioration of global indicators. How should investors across the region respond to all of this in terms of their future investment outlook? Yeah, I think that simply you have to to take a view on, you know, where and when inflation will peak or if it already has peaked, as some some may have called, and and then also how interest rates will follow uh, that reversal. And so, you know, if you're taking a view that we're going to be in a lower inflationary environment and a lower interest rate environment in five years, and your investment horizon is 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 beyond that, I think you're you're still going to be quite bullish on Asia Pacific real estate in general.
Mm. John, I've also heard from some investors that they're not quite sure about the ease of transacting in some of these countries that we've mentioned. What are the things to look out for as they enter a new Asia-Pacific market? Oh, that's a great question. We we see every day new entrants from around the world trying to get into very localized Asia-Pacific markets, uh, Japan, Korea, China, and so on, where English is not the primary business language. The number one thing is to, you know, get boots on the ground, get people that are that are localized to partner with at the very least, if not to build out your own teams on the ground. We see uh, a trend of you know, the global investors trying to localize into these major markets of Asia Pacific. And that is ultimately the key to success. Right. And each market is so different, right? Thank you so much for that, John. Really appreciate your time today. John Howald, Executive Director and Head of International Capital, Capital Markets and Investment Services, APAC at Collier's. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.